Today is Thursday, August 25th, 2016, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and about 16 or 17 years ago, a friend of Medjugorje had written a piece for our school called Time, Time, Time. And in it, this writing, he asks the question, were men better off having lived in a simpler, less complex time? And he answers it by saying that the voice of ancient man cannot haunt us today because this is the most glorious time to be alive. And so with the apparitions of Our Lady in Medjugorje and the messages we receive from her, we have not seen a time like this in history. And you've heard a friend of Medjugorje speak about these messages in a way of an understanding that there is, you have not heard a voice like this come to us and speak to us from heaven since Jesus walked the earth. And as Our Lady said, the message that you often hear him quote, the messages as never before in history since the beginning of the world. Today through Maria, Our Lady gave another message for the world. And tonight, a friend of Medjugorje will open up for us this message. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. If you go out before daybreak in the mornings, like we do at 5 a.m. prayer, and you see the sunrise, it evokes many thoughts and contemplation, gives time for reflection while you're saying your rosaries, and sometimes even pause and just think about Jesus or the ways and what's happening today and what's going on around the world. But one thing that's interesting is that as the sun comes up, everybody's waking up where the sun comes up. And the sun is always rising across the earth. So there's always people waking up every minute of the day of 24 hours. Likewise, as darkness comes, they're going to sleep. Our Lady said, with every morning sunrise, God speaks to you. And when you reflect and think about this, you refresh from the night, you wake up. What's the first thing you do? Will you change history today? Will your life have an impact on the whole world? Is your life so important that what you do that day or not what you're going to do, but what comes upon you and forced upon you, you are part of eternal history. What do you mean, eternal history? It means the history you make on this earth, once you're into eternity, will be remembered throughout eternity. 
Jesus told Mary Magdalene when she broke the oil open, the vial, and poured it on them, he said, people will hear from this forever. It's in the scriptures. You'll always hear it on the earth. It's always in the scriptures. And it always will be remembered in eternity. It was just one little single act, one woman. She goes in there, she's walking in there, she's not thinking of anything historic. She's doing an act of love and repentance that went down in history eternally. As you wake up in the morning, is something on your schedule, will it be the cause for you to be remembered in eternity? We hear about the angels, we read about the scriptures, and that will not one act of charity will go without its reward. That doesn't mean when you check in heaven, you walk through the gate, well, here's your ticket, you get this one reward. No, it's that eternal, ongoing, elevation reward, a continual thing for one act of history of your life on earth that passes on into eternity. And so sitting out there in the field, or wherever maybe you pray before dawn, watching the sun comes up, there's always people waking up, and there's always people coming into the light, and there's always people going into the darkness. Our Lady said here, go out in creation, bless all creation. Our Lady's told us repeatedly, go out in the nature. It will speak to you. Why? Because it's natural law the way God made it. Nature's God. And the scriptures are full of these things. It helps you understand the Bible in a way you never saw it before. It gives you a new thought process. We see things and writings across this land and coming in and religious writers especially are expressing thought through the message we placed on paper five, ten years ago that now they're coming into using it. We're seeing it. We're affecting eternal history. Not because we put words on paper, but because we put it into life and people are looking and cashing in on that. And it's framing and changing their mentalities. We literally see this. They're not referencing us, but we know the verbiage. We know the thought. It's new thought. It's generated from the messages inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we have this happening, and we don't grasp the significance of waking up that we may make history in a huge way. One person today got up in this world that I can tell you through plain non-prophecy that for eternity they made history. That history is so significant in changing the world's direction that it always will be remembered. But for her, it was just another day. Yes, it's the 25th. Maria rose when the sun came up, or just afterwards. She goes along in her day. She's a mother. She's got family. She's got children, mid-teenage age-wise. And many things she did was routine. It's like Mary Magdalene going to get in the vial, the perfume and the oils, just the thing that she was going to do. She didn't do it for show, because if she did it for show, if she did it for ego, if she did it like, oh, I'm going to make history, it would be never read in scriptures. Egotistical things doesn't make it there. She did it from the heart. And Maria entered the apparition. The Virgin Mary gave a message, purpose of which is to change the direction of the world. Every message on the second of the month, every message on the 25th, Every message our lady gives publicly to the prayer group or here when she's been here 
is eternal history. It's such a magnitude that we can't phantom unless we can look back on the centuries in the future about now how big these things are. We don't have the ability or the capacity to see what is happening and where we're going. And so Maria was part of eternal history in a big way today. And these are the words she was given. Our Lady's message to the world of August 25th, 2016. Dear children, today I desire to share heavenly joy with you. You, little children, open the door of your hearts so that hope, peace, and love, which only God gives, may grow in your heart. Little children, you are too bound to the earth and earthly things. That is why Satan is rolling you like the wind rolls the waves of the sea. Therefore, may the chain of your life be prayer with the heart and adoration of my son Jesus. Give over your future to him so that in him you may be joy and an example with your lives to others. Thank you for having responded to my call. We often hear people say, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. I want to be there and enjoy the heavenly peace and the elevation so much higher than what we can experience on the earth. And yet our lady says something today that's extraordinary. Today, she says, I desire to share. What does that mean? I want to give you something. Does that mean when you get to heaven? That's not what she's saying. I desire to share joy with you. What kind of joy? I desire to share heavenly joy with you. It's an amazing thing. She wants us to feel the joy of heaven. I can tell you 30 years of walking with Our Lady, I have felt that heavenly joy. Just a tinge of taste of it and so sweet, sweeter than anything you can have on earth. Does that mean everything's rosy and everything's going good for you all the time? No. Because she says also that she's sad. She experiences that in heaven. And that Jesus is sad about different things. Yet she says his joy. And so we experience things on earth that are experienced in heaven. And maybe they're a million times greater but the joy of heavenly that's been shared with you by Our Lady surpasses any joy on a human level that we can have. And what does she say to do? Three things. Open your heart. Number two, grow your heart. Three, pray with the heart. For what? So that you can experience hope, peace, and love. I desire to share heavenly joy with you. You little children, open the door of your heart. That's the first thing. So that hope, peace, and love, which only God gives, may grow in your heart. The second thing, grow it. Little children, you are too bound to the earth and earthly things. That is why Satan is rolling you like the winds roll the waves of the sea. 
We often say, well, if you ask the question, what makes the waves? It's the moon. No, the moon makes a tide. I love it when a lady gives us a fact, because if she's saying it, and she says the wind makes the, the waves roll, that clarifies even science. A scientist may say yes that way. Tide makes current. But when she says the wind, immediately I was excited about this. She's given us facts. The wind makes that. And it may be calm, maybe small winds. You go to Hawaii on the Alaskan side, you got huge waves, some of the largest in the world. But you got that vast ocean making those waves. And it's the wind. Why is she saying this? She wants to give us a physical example in nature because you've all been on the beach. You all see a thundercloud coming up, and then you suddenly see four-foot waves go to six-foot waves. The raging winds make that happen, and it's going across the earth in the same way. We're suffering from the winds of Satan. He's tossing us about. So our lady says, therefore, may the chain of your life be prayer with the heart. So that's the third thing, prayer with the heart. You want these things to change in your life. You want to experience joy when you're experiencing sorrow. You do these things. The sincerity of prayer, when Jesus prayed in the point of man, God, was he connected to God in a way, not so much with words, but what's behind the prayer. The sentiment behind the prayer is what's crucial. Not what you're saying or you're giving convincing arguments or convincing sales pitch on what you want him to give you because he don't always grant what you ask to give him because he dispenses the grace that's best for you. And if you're going to persist on him to give you what's not his will and you want to do 100 novenas and get it, it may not be what you're supposed to be getting. And if it's really bad or evil, of course God won't give that. But God can't grant everything because it's not with for the flow of all good for what would happen on the earth. It's got to be in harmony with him. Something can contradict in it. Of course he's not going to give it. And maybe it may take prayer to get what he gives you because he wants you to do that. But I always remember prayer, like the lady said, that pray with the heart and not a rational son. You don't have to be in front of the tabernacle for that. You don't have to wait till I go and do a holy hour. You can go prostrate and in a peach orchard, lay down and adore Christ, just like it in front of the Blessed Sacrament. But it's not significant of the act of prostration or on your knees. It's what you do in your sentiment of those prayers. Think of the time you've talked the most seriously you have to anybody, pouring out your heart. This is what Christ wants to hear. This is what a lady would take if you do it to her. And magnify it. The Magnificat. She magnifies our prayers. She said, give me your prayers. All your prayers are going to help you through me. Why? Because you can take a distracted rosary, edit it out like we do on the keyboard here for science, different things, put it together in such a beautiful, sweet prayer that it will be more persuasive to Jesus to grant the grace you seek or what you need or just adore him. She perfected. She is the perfecter today. So all these things are significant to understand this beautiful message today that gives the analogy of nature, of what Satan is doing to us. Winds roll the waves of the sea. And many other things in this simple message that she could seek and say to us. 
Our Lady's usage of the term Satan is rolling you like the wind rolls the waves of the sea. And obviously you can you can look at that from perspective of being in the beach, looking at and watching the waves roll. But it's almost like she's saying it from the sense that you're out on the waves and you're being rolled and tossed about. So it's almost as if Our Lady is saying that you're going to always be in that position where you're, there's going to always be some kind of storm around you. I mean, would, would you... Do you see that in this message that that's what she's saying by that? I mean, because looking at it, you could say it's like, you know, you could stand on the beach and look out and watch the waves. But the way she's saying it's almost like, you know, you're out there in the water and you're getting rolled and tossed about. It's kind of what it sounds like. You know, today's the 25th and it's incredible that I was out today and I saw on the front page of the paper in France a scene that was unbelievable. They're on the beach. And you got all these women sitting there in their underwear and their bra. They call it a bathing suit. If they just went out there in the bra and their underwear, it would be more clothing than what they are on the beach. And you could see them sitting there. And there's six policemen there. And they circled a Muslim woman because she's wearing what's called a burkini. So they, the Muslims have come up with the burkini. It's basically <laughs> a, a more revealing scarf on her head. And they've outlawed that. Here's these naked women sitting on the beach and this Muslim woman being told she's got to take that off. And she's got a black veil, you can see that. But she had this more colorful thing on, I guess, just to be a little bit different. What does God think about that? Satan rolling the waves across the beach right there is, is dying, laughing at the contradiction because under the caption of the picture said that it was offensive. She's dressed like Our Lady. And she's offensive, and people are sitting around her naked. And it's offending them because she's dressed up more modestly. I think it said over modestly. I tell you, I used to go to the beach with my wife and kids. And when I was scrounging the dirt trying to make a living to give my business in the beginning, I worked out in the sun. I did three jobs. My clothes were wet all day. It was full of sweat. I worked like a dog. And I had no interest in going to the beach. I didn't want to go sit out in the sun. I did it all day long every day. I would sit up and put a towel over me. It was wet. Put it on my shoulders. Put it on my legs. And sit there like an Arabian. And that's offensive now to do that. And it's not for people to walk around naked out there. This is crazy. I don't know what to think about what's going on when I see this. And what does God think about it? I'm not talking about Islam. I'm talking about somebody that has the right to go out there and it's shameful what they did to this woman. And she's got the, the audacity to go in the beach woman and enjoy it, dressed up like that, and keep what she believes with her heart to be that way. Who's got the grace? Who's been persecuted? We've become insane. Our lady said today, you are too bound to the earth and earthly things. That is why Satan is rolling you like the wind rolls the waves of the sea. Incredible. This paradox today. So when she says you're bound to the earth, what does that mean? You're chained to the earth. How will you change that? She goes in and says, 
you are too bound to the earth and to earthly things. They want to keep naked out there on the beaches across the world. They don't want to be convicted like, this is embarrassing me the way this lady's out here. They don't want to think about anything, could she be right? And so let's erase it and say she's the outlaw and they're the ones that's the norm. So be bound to the earthly things. But Ali says something very interesting. She says, therefore, may the chain of your life, because you're chained, you're bound to the earth. When Timothy and Paul was in prison, they were changed. They were bound. They wrote letters. But because they were in prayer, they were connected to, to Christ through their chains. Therefore, may the chain of your life, in other words, don't be bound to the earth by earthly things, but be bound by the chain of your life in prayer and heart of adoration. We're to change. We're chained. You're going to change no matter what you do. But what the earth holds you in being bounded to, you have to stay in prayer. You have to do what we're doing good at 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock in the morning and go pray. If you don't have a prayer life, if you don't have an encounter with God, then you can't make it. We have to be a rebel against the world. To be a rebel against the world means what we did down in the South. The South was rugged people when the North attacked. They were surprised at the strength they had. And so we have to rebel against the world. Yes, we're called to be a saint. And yet at the same time, we are a sinner. You know, you're up in the heavens, you're in the dirt. Our lady said today, something agrarian. Creation reference, may grow, what may grow? Hope, peace, and love, which only God gives, may grow in your heart. I love to see Our Lady speak agrarian ways or with nature. She never referenced things and using the iPhone for reading the Bible or open this up and use your technology. People justify themselves, we use technology to spread the gospel. Here she is coming here dressed up like a Muslim woman 2,000 years later, not adapting to our clothing. And she says, grow in your heart. She's sticking to the earth where the dirt is. Why? Because dirt grows. You can be in the sky, but we always have to realize we're connected by Genesis to the ground, to the soil. Little children, you are too bound to the earth and to earthly things. And so we're to grow this and to realize that we are to rebel against the world and let people do whatever they want to and go in all kinds of directions because that's what the world's pulling us to. That's what rolling, like what the waves do by the wind, that we're all over the place. We don't know what to think. We don't know how to feel things. Our soul's continually searching. Our lady's showing us the way. This is your search. It's the heart. Pray with the heart. And once you get there and understand that, you'll see things with much more clarity. Trying to tell me what to say How to think and feel Truth is that every soul's continually searching We think we know but we got no idea I'm a saint, I'm a sinner 
turn that to a positive instead of being a sinner be a saint because all saints are rebels too sinners likewise it's just who are we going to rebel against and which direction we're going to rebel on the other on the good side against the world or for the world against god so he wants us to see this very clearly you're bound to the earth you're chained to the earth you're a slave to it earthly things that's to answer your question about will we stand on the beach looking at the ways or are we in the ways? This addresses it. The song did. We're always drowning. The culture of the world following our lives, Satan to influence him, will drown. One will dominate. And we have the segregation taking place, which is a negative word they always put in racial terms. What about Revelations, the goat from the sheep? That's going to be separation. I don't hear the goat saying discrimination, discrimination. No, they represent something bad. No matter what kind of people you are, who you are, where you're from, you better decide if you're going to be a goat or you're going to be a sheep. We're in separation time. You can be chaff or you can be the wheat. You can be the weeds or the wheat. I lay here for a harvest, a pre-harvest before the second coming, so that the final harvest will have a prototype to follow through the messages. This is a play, practice on a field of the spiritual life of darkness, because this is a spiritual life to be in darkness. Satan's spiritual. Hell is there. It's part of the spirit world and the spiritual life of light. And this is playing out to the messages. And if we didn't have this preview, this trial now, there would be no roadmap for those in the future who's going to come full frontal with the Antichrist. And they won't make it. But because our lady has come in this her time preceding the Christ of her son coming, his second coming, they will have the history of what you did on a daily basis that were going on into eternity, 
before eternity be back to them maybe 100 years, 300 years, whenever that comes, of how we turned away from evil when we were being choked by it, when it was rolling us like waves through the wind. Now they said January 25th, 2015. Now as never before, Satan wants to suffocate man and his soul by the contagious wind of hatred and unrest. There is a wind blowing across the world, and it is of hatred and unrest. Can you imagine this in 2015? This is probably around the time when the Coptic Christians were killed on the Mediterranean shore. And they said, we're coming to Rome. You don't think that's the devil? You don't think that's what this is referring to and everything that's coming to us? So we're going to have to turn the world around. We're called to do that. In this, her time, so that in Christ, his time is second coming. People will have been saved by people who are saved now, walking with her because they won't have us. Or rather, they said, they won't have Our Lady, except through our history and through the messages passed to them. And I'm certain of this. Everything we're doing is for our higher purpose later to help them live through the time of the Antichrist because we're there and we're living in it, but he's going to be crushed. His head will be crushed. He will be stopped. That's what she's doing right now. She's going to crush the serpent's head, but his mortal wounds, he survives and comes back. She said, I'm going to give you a century of peace. We're headed toward these things. It's going to be very difficult to get to that point, but that's coming. I believe her words. I believe she's going to do that. I know what she's here for to write a script, experience peace, and then just what happened after knowing the flood, man grew evil again, and then electronics will come back more and bigger than ever before. There was a man by the name of Horatio Spafford who was a successful lawyer in Chicago in the late 1800s. He's also a devout Christian, and his life changed when his son, who was two years old, who died. Shortly after that, after purchasing a large amount of property in Chicago, the great Chicago fire happened and ruined him financially. And then a few years later, when he began to come back from that, another economic crisis hit, and he was again financially struck. So he decides to take his family to Europe. At the last minute, he's not able to board with them. He had to take care of some business problems. So his wife and four daughters go ahead of him. And in the midst of their journey, their vessel crashes into another vessel. He learns of what happens when he receives a telegram from his wife. And it simply read, saved alone. He lost all four of his daughters. So he is journeying to his wife after this tragedy, and he passes by the area where the vessel was struck and where his daughters were buried under the waters. And you can imagine that he felt like a modern-day Job. But as he's preparing to, to meet his wife, he pens a poem, and it's called, It Is Well With My Soul, the well-known hymn, which the first verse just says, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, 
whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know or say, it is well, it is well with my soul. To me, this is a picture of what Our Lady says today when she's showing that Satan is rolling, rolling people through the waves of the sea. But she wants to be give us or make us become an example of joy to others in, in our lives. I know that the very beginning of your journey before the community, I think when the apparitions were happening here before, before Our Lady started the community, that you in prayer had opened up to uh, a passage in Job. You felt really very deeply that God was speaking to you about something in your own future. And and you were you felt that that was something in some way you were going to have to suffer. But at the same time, you're one of the most joyful people I know, even with all your burdens and all the things that you've had to live through. So what would you say to us in seeing that Our Lady's saying, I want to give you heavenly joys, not necessarily earthly joys, but how that transforms you into becoming an example of joy for others through the sorrows and the heartaches and the difficulties that God asks us to live through and for, but for purpose. I think the people out there who's had grievous sorrows but are connected in a close, intimate way with Our Lady or with Jesus and both are given the grace of, of joy uh, through your through your sorrow, through the deep grief of being so low you can't go any lower and the next day it goes lower and the next day it goes lower. You're, you're seeking that joy and God wants to give it to you. And the more joy you get, the the equal part on the other side. It's always a positive and a negative. I always say it, you've heard me say it before. You see it in writings. With the birth of Jesus and that joy came the sorrow of the death of Jesus. Both times at the beginning of Christ's life was in the arms of Our Lady and the end of his life was in the arms of Our Lady. You're not going to go there with deep sorrows without the joy. And sometimes at funerals even is joyful for me. And I, I may be in tears about it and the grief. But then to me being raised, it was a joyful time because the family was together. They were talking about old times and there was raised in an Italian family. You learn these things. But I think more so than a tradition or a culture, the way you're raised is is that you're, you be connected to God. And sometimes that may have to go through a severe dry period. So difficult, you may even wonder where he is. But the joy of finding him when he comes and you see his actions, you know he's alive and you know he's part of your life and, and walking with you. And of course, I think you're probably referencing some of the times, the most serious times is, is we get the giggles or something. <laughs> and, uh, and it is. To follow God is a joy and to follow God is sadness. So you're not going to be mundane. And... Joy is something that's contagious also, that to be happy. Our Lady wants us to be happy. I can't, exp- I can't answer your question and explain why I feel what I feel when I feel it. But sometimes the most serious situations is when I'm the most joyful, I- I- even laughing. And maybe, I don't know why that is. It's, maybe it's grace. 
So when your feet can't touch the ground, just like this man, and he loves his family, and this poem you just read, he finds consolation with that because when you when you feel the presence of God, when you're in deep prayer and you know you're connected and you know God's listening, he may not even be answering your prayers, but you reach that level of prayer and ask God to allow you to go deep in prayer. Pray for that. That's something I pray for for years. I want to go deep in prayer. I want to be connected. You you know he's there. He's right there in your presence. And so you may be caught upon the water. You may be able where your feet can't touch the bottom and root yourself on the sand. But you know God's there. And enough of us haven't been there. And God's going to put you through trial. He's going to purify you. It's going to be difficult. It's not easy. But to the way he puts you in that pit that grows lower, you're going to experience the other way and the opposite in the same way. Of my 
We have many people in the world today planning their future, what they want to be, what they want to do, what they'd like to be doing 10 years from now. And that's not how God works. Yeah, people come in high schools to tell you as counselors in this occupation or this or join the Air Force or be an engineer trying to attract you toward things. And we'll go to four years to be trained to be that. And we won't spend four years like a lady chose the prayer group to not to make any decisions about your life. Pray for four years. She had three years and add another year as a four-year cycle. You'll do it for that, for occupation. And 80% of the people that go to universities do not end up in the occupation they were trained for or the career. We got it all backwards. We got it all wrong. You're to go in prayer when you get out of school and take it at that point. What does God want me to do? What am I supposed to be? You can be doing it through high school. You don't have to wait till after high school. We do this in the community. You just go through four years of prayer that God show them what they're supposed to be or what they're supposed to do or what state in life or what is he calling them to? Why would you want to avoid that and end up where 80% of the people don't even do that? The other 20% that's in the occupation they train don't even like it. Most of them. Well, in the world, because we're bound to the universities, this is what everybody else does. We follow it. It's stupid. It's idiotic. And if you have to go train to do whatever occupation for four years, why would you not put more emphasis that I'm going to be in prayer for four years? I'm not going to make any decisions. Our lady gave the rules of the prayer group. Don't make any decisions during this period of time. Just pray. Because you want to be happy. The only way to be happy is to do what she said here. Give over your future to him so that in him you may be joy and an example with your life to others. That's your future, to be in joy and to be example and the conviction of other people by your life. You don't discover that by going to college. And okay, I'm just going to do what I want to do and then I'll apply being a witness and example to others do what I do. Your maximum joy comes from the will of God. You cannot surpass that no matter what your decisions are. If you pray for four years, God, what is my will for my life? Put me there. I want it. If I'm walking the wrong direction, turn me 180 degrees the other way. But I'm going to be walking, but I don't want to walk in the wrong direction. You may start off in that direction, but if you're praying for those four years, your movement will get you where his will is. And you will be joyful and you'll be happy because you can't be more happier than doing the will of God. Anything distracting from that makes you less happy. You won't experience that joy. And that's why there's so lack of joy, because people do their own will. What our lady says, give over your future to him. How do you do that? Do the prayer group. Look in the words of heaven. Look that up. I'll give you rules for the prayer group. There can be 50 or so that join this group. They can even be married, because a lot of people are latecomers to conversion. You need to start your four years of prayer. You still run out of time. Well, this gets started because you'll be out of time more or a year down the road. Change your life, your direction. And you can follow Our Lady to the peace and the hope and what love gives us. I want to come back to a point that you said earlier in the broadcast because you said you brought up the sentence where Our Lady says, at a prayer with the heart and adoration of my son, and just kind of in passing, you said you don't have to necessarily be, you can be anywhere. And I know some people may take issue with that statement because there's an obvious Catholic mentality of that there's only one way of having adoration, and that's by going before the Blessed Sacrament. So I was wondering if you can 
clarify what it was that you were saying earlier, that you can be anywhere and do that? Well, it's a Catholic thing. Adoration means you go in front of the Blessed Sacrament and pray, and that's good. Medjugorje is renewed adoration around the whole world. And I've had, you know, beautiful experiences in front of the Blessed Sacrament. I was in France. It was the middle of the night, like 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock, something like that. I knew where the chapel was. Everybody was asleep. There's a monastery way out into the rural areas of France with the founder of the Beatitudes. At that time, it was called the Land of Judah. And I felt called to go to the Blessed Sacrament. And I crept down there in the creaky wooden floor, lights dim, very lit, go into the Blessed Sacrament, and spent 45 minutes to an hour with Jesus with a profound experience. I'm not interested in going into it, but those experiences with Jesus can happen in front of the Blessed Sacrament. But I've had far more experiences not in front of the Blessed Sacrament doing the same thing in adoration of Jesus. A rock up on the mountain up here. So in union with Christ, so close and so intimate that I felt more there than even this extraordinary experience in France. You can have that. It's the sentiment behind it. It's not always where you are. And in fact, in adoration, there's a lot of distractions. People doing this or doing that. When you're nature alone, it's refreshing. It renews you. But you got to get your sentiments in a relaxed position of not toward laziness, but of the resting of the soul. Put your soul in the hands of Our Lady. Let her caress it. And you can adore Jesus in a way you've never done that before. And I believe this is attainable for anybody. If you desire it, if you fight for it, if you purge yourself, if you do penance, Life be prayer with the heart and adoration of my son Jesus. So both is good, being in nature. And environment is important. You can't go deep in prayer and, and riding on a bus. Although I have done that, just excluding the whole world out. And even though things were terminus around me, it was like, you know, you're one with God. And so you can, you can reach that kind of prayer. And this is what he's calling out to do, to join that, to be bound to heaven, not to the earth. You're on the earth, but really your binds and your chains is heaven. I was speaking to a, a girl who I was in Medjugorje, and um, this was several years ago, but she was revealing to me some difficulties she was having in her life where she had grown discontent in her situation. She was single. She wanted to be married. She couldn't find someone to marry. And it had really stolen the joy from her life. And every time she would open words from heaven, which she would use in the way we use it here and just randomly uh, seek a message from Our Lady, she invariably would get a message about materialism. And it just never spoke to her heart. And she... But it would happen repeatedly like this until one day the Holy Spirit revealed to her that seeking a husband is also part of the material world because we are flesh. Our bodies will pass away one day and only our souls will be in heaven. And that she recognized that even though marriage is a good thing, that she had, she would, was placing that above just even her own following God's will in her life, that just kind of came to mind when 
Our Lady said today, you're too bound to the earth and earthly things. We tend to think about, you know, we're attached to a car or attached to material things, but everything in the material world can fall into this category of Our Lady, The, the earthly kingdom versus the heavenly kingdom. And in the situation right now, for instance, with the political situation of our country, there's so much rolling like waves of the sea. Satan's bringing us through all of this. And so much of it, even in wanting to have the right leader and all of those things so that our earthly life on earth will be more in peace and directed towards God, it's still earthly and material. Do you think Our Lady is is trying to get us above those things to be looking and seeking just heaven? Or where is the balance, I guess, was what I'm trying to say, in, in seeking things that are good on earth, but at the same time, it it steals our joy because we, we can't have heavenly life on earth. So it's, dif- it's a difficult thing to balance the earthly kingdom and the heavenly kingdom. Well, she said she wanted to establish the, the kingdom of love upon the earth. If she wants that, this woman's going to get it. But not everybody's going to get it if they don't join her. She says something incredible in the messages. She says, open the door of your heart. Noah was told to get on the ark, bring two of every kind, put them on the ark. And that was what heaven consisted of when they locked that door because Jesus says, I will close the door. Here it is. Everybody says, open the door. Noah had it open. Everything came in there. And the goodness of the earth existed inside that ark. The goodness of the world today is coming down in the ark of the covenant who in chapter 11 of Revelations, the ark of the covenant opened up. And then it goes around in chapter 12. The woman clothed with the sun, the moon underneath her feet, 12 stars about her head. She was the ark holding the covenant. So it opened up and Jesus was there. That's her womb. And so here it is, she's saying today, open the door of your heart because she's the ark for today. She's our saving grace. She's our ship that we have to get on. So we, we look at her in this way. She's the ark. She's going to save us. We enter into that, and then there's going to be a separation. The door will be closed. All those trying to get in because they want to be what they are. They want to stay in the sand, and yet they want heaven. And the ark was floating on the waves, the torrents, the storm for 40 days. But heaven existed. And what did that bring when the ark hit the mountain and they came out of the ark? They were joy. They were happy. I mean, how can you not be happy when you're the greatest real estate magnet on the earth? You own the whole world. They experienced joy. And so the tragedy of losing everything wasn't there. But we're walking in a message today that says, you're going to be made one. You're going to be made one with the Father, one together. But we're not going to be one with everybody because we had, as we said, our misnomers earlier today, we have to separate. We can't stay amalgamated with darkness. We have to separate. And the joy is that we're going to have people around us with the same spirit. 
And once we are segregated, then God will take care of what's going to happen with darkness. Our job is to convert the people in darkness to bring them on our side. But we can't stay mixed up with this. This is a time of separation. Don't make any any direction about this. She's saying you're bound on the earth, but I want you to be bound to the chain in prayer. I want you to be lifted up toward heaven. I want you to experience that joy. And so the whole purpose of Our Lady coming is to make us one. We're her children below. We're below her. We're fighting, and we're, we go into battle. She wants to refresh us from the foes we fight. And so we hear this roaring of the waves at night. The tide, you can hear it. The ocean speaks to us. Whenever you go to the beach, you see these things. This beautiful message that speaks to us so clear about how weary we are. And then the seasons, the battles, things that are, are not one, but will be won by Our Lady's messages. And it's like the angels singing it to us when we experience that joy. You hear all these things, you follow her, and what comes behind that, the rainbow. And look who we've given the rainbow to. Why would they take that as their symbol? Why do they want that? Because they want to attack God. And we've made no objection to that. We actually have given it to abominables and their way in the perversion as their symbol. And it's God who wants us to be made one. But we cannot be one with these people. We never will be. They have to come out of who they are to come to our side with the rainbow of the covenant of God. No, I'm not giving you the rainbow. I don't recognize that as your symbol. It's God's sign to us that he will keep his covenant. The, the good will win. And we are in battle. And we may be the children below. But we got somebody above us that's guiding us. And she's showing us fully the way to make us one.
children below, fresh from the foe, hands neath the moonlight. Lord, please make us one. We hear the tide, roll through the night. Come lead the weary. Lord, please make us one. Children rejoice, come to the voice. Song of the angels, healing the broken ones. Seasons of rain, battles unwon, lead to the fountain, wash and make us one. Our hearts rejoice with mighty voice. Make us a rainbow. Lord, please make us one. Light in the sky, breath of our life, unite the rainbow. Lord, please make us one. Make us a rainbow. Lord, please make us one. There's your direction. There's your path to be unbound from the earth and chained in prayer to heaven. We wish you our lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Metrigoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.